Don't be a backburner bitch. Yeah. <laughs> BBB. <laughs> BBB no longer stands for the Better Business Bureau. It is backburner, backburner bitch. bitch. <laughs> Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday. Oh, welcome back for another episode, gals. So if you have been listening to us basically this whole year, uh, you will know that like back in July, we, the actors and writers, actors went on a strike in July, writers went on a strike much earlier than that. Um, and during that whole time, I couldn't talk about film. Hannah stood in solidarity and yep. didn't talk about films either, but I especially couldn't because it was against like, and I, even though I'm not a official member of the guild, I still wanted to fall in solidarity also because I wanted to be accepted into the guild one day. So mm-hmm. I just didn't talk about any films and there has been so many films that have came out recently mm-hmm. that I need to tell the gals about and Hannah about that she'll put at the bottom of her watch list that she'll never get to. Um, <laughs> Way to call me out, geez. Oh, I've made a list of films that I am sitting you and my parents' asses down when I am home for Christmas. Like, and we're watching this making right y'all now. watch these. <laughs> we are watching this together right now. Like this is class is in session. Class has begun. You are now in film school. If you Take didn't notes, know that already, bitch. Take notes. <laughs> so I thought this is so far. There are a couple films that have yet to come out this year that I. I haven't seen yet, so I haven't. Um, they are not included like in this list. If and like best order, it's really impossible for me to list. Okay, it's not impossible, but once you get past five, mm-hmm. it really is hard for me to like decipher like the correct order. But I did the best of my abilities on my letterbox. If you are interested in following me on letterbox, um, I think my username is at Emily Elise. Like everything else, um, for those of you that don't know what Letterbox is, it is an app where you – it's like Goodreads, but for movies. It's where you can, like, um, log every film that you've watched, leave reviews, check out more info about the films, like the cast and everything, rate it. Um, and you can follow people. There's a lot of people who have a lot of followings on there. I would love to have a large following on here, um, but I don't. Uh, so, yeah, I thought I would just go through – some of the best of 2023 that we haven't had a chance to talk about. And I think one of the big ones being, uh, let me start off with my first favorite film. Okay. Let me just say that. And I have mentioned this one on the podcast. I do know that. And that is Past Lives. That film came out back like in March. Let me actually verify that. <laughs> no, May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so my, my first film is Past Lives. I saw this film, according to Letterboxd, back in June, and I thoroughly love this film. So I actually don't know if I talked about it because it was, I saw it during I the strike. Say, I don't remember if you did or did not. I don't think so. It is hands down my favorite film because, one, it is Celine Song, the director. It was her first film she's ever made. Like, she did not make a short film like I did first and, like, to mm-hmm. kind of get her start going. She dove straight in with a feature film that was picked up by A24, which is a phenomenal production company. And I was amazed because 
it has such a just educated and like experienced look to it. Like you would never know this is her first film that she's ever wrote and directed. It oh, is she wrote so it too? Yes. Oh, and it's wow. Based, it is based off of a true story that happened to her where basically um, these two people, Nora and Hei Sung, I'm so sorry if I butchered that. Um, the, their two deeply connected childhood friends are set apart after Nora's family immigrates from South Korea to America. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. And basically, they were childhood friends, and then she moved to New York for college. And Well, she moved to New York with her family. She went off to college. And then 20 years later, they kind of reconnect. He comes to America to visit her. She's married to somebody else. He's like has like this huge like career in Korea, and it's almost like you know, like Taylor Swift's on the one. Like, mm-hmm. like what what would have happened if we had ended up together? If I didn't yeah. move to America and I stayed in Korea, or if you had came to visit me in the U.S. like sooner, like what could have happened? Like, would I be married to you? And Hannah knows at the point that I saw again. I saw it in June. <laughs> yes. So you know the point in my life that I saw that I was already going through a very emotional, tra- like, traumatic thing to for we me. Were going, we were going through love. it. We were going through and it. <laughs> I saw it and was saw being in the theater. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I can I'm imagine. sitting between these two grown men, and I'm like, like this girl, girl is going through this girl it. Is going through it. Oh my goodness. So I would have handed you like a napkin or something. <laughs> And then, like, Lulu Wang, who is also an amazing director that I love, she came out mm. with the two leads afterwards, and they did a Q&A. And I'm just like, y'all, I'm not emotionally y'all. prepared for this. <laughs> I wasn't like, ready for the discussion board. Like, I okay. knew that was happening, but I didn't know that that was going to happen in the film, and I was going <laughs> to be feeling like this. But it is just so beautiful if you, like, missed, like, a misconnection um, and just, like, reuniting like two lost loves and mm. like a will they won't they kind of thing i really really enjoyed it i think it's such a beautiful film and i highly recommend i also would say my second film which was one i definitely know i did not talk about because it was during the strike was barbie oh my gosh i know <laughs> we didn't get to talk about barbie which is totally fine because i stand with you guys but <laughs> it's just like I saw it three times. I've seen it three times in theaters already. There so, there's so much. It Ugh. was amazing. I'm sure you know all about Barbie, so I'm not going like, to dive like too much into it. But right. uh, it is it is like, going to be a comfort film, I know, for me going forward. Like It is just so perfect. I, the third time I saw it was when it came back in IMAX for like a week in theaters here in LA. And I wanted to see it because after the credits, the IMAX version was going to have bloopers and some deleted oh, parts from the film. And so, so I, fun. I got to see all of that and it was just so great. And every single time I've seen it, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. The part where it's like the montage of um, all the different women and Billie Eilish is singing. Yes. I sob. I cry every single time. I, I cry Every single time. And I'm like, oh, my God. You would think by the third time I'd be fine. But here we are. And I had a blast every single time 
Ryan Gosling's also iconic in it. I think he's hysterical. Iconic. So. Literally an icon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My third film, I've been going back and forth on this with the Ooh, third slot. Okay. Because that's also a really important slot for me. And so right now, I have Saltburn, um, which okay. is directed, by Emer- directed and written by Emerald Fennell. It's the one star of Jacob Elordi and Barry Cano. And it is, in my mind, iconic. It is divisive. It is a divisive film because you either love it or you hate it. If you were somebody that watched Call Me By Your Name and you liked the peach scene, this film is for you and that's all i'll say um Mm -hmm. i i just don't want to say too much about it even though it is like shocking and some people might find it like absurd Mm -hmm. but i knew nothing about the film before i watched it i knew absolutely nothing i want to watch it but i don't want to know anything i didn't watch a trailer anything and i was my mouth was just like i was gasping so much (laughs) because i was just Like, it's shocking, and it's also funny. Like, Rosamund Pike is hysterical. Why is she not in more comedies? Like, I think she's mm. she's the girl from Gone Girl. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. She's hysterical in it. Yes. And I'm like, I need her in more comedies. Jacob looks so hot in it. it. I just think it's a good film. The reason I'm, like, so, div- like, uh, is it my third slot is because I just saw Eileen, which stars oh. Anne Hathaway. Oh, and I want to go see it again. I really mm-hmm. want to go see it again. It's also a perfect film that's only like under an hour and 45 minutes, which if you can make a sweet 90-minute film, I'm in love with you. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite kind of films. I loved Eileen. It is like Carol meets Gone Girl in a way. It You think it's going to be like this like really beautiful lesbian love story. Mm-hmm. And then there is the biggest plot twist ever in the middle of the film that just takes it in a whole psychological thriller direction. Oh, I'm going to love this. I like, I think that was the loudest gasp whenever like the, the plot twist is revealed. I think the entire theater was like gasp. We were all so shocked. Oh my and gosh. It, the second that happened, I remember just like, st- like sitting up in my seat. I was like, all right, cool. Now we're going for a ride. All right, yeah. here we go. I, I thought this was—I thought this was a cute, like, little story, but here we fucking go. And I, this is getting interesting now. Mm-hmm. And I—I I loved the ending. I loved everything about it. The only reason I'm so hesitant to put it as number three is because right now my top five are all films directed by women. Mm. And Eileen is—no offense to him—he is, is directed by a man. He is great, though. No, like, he is an amazing director, uh, but. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm like, oh, it ruins the flow of having, yeah. like, five female directors. And as a female director, I really wanted to support female directors. Um, but, yeah, so that's where it's sitting at right now. Um, again, I would I want to go see it again. I think it's just – and Anne Hathaway, you, the entire time you're watching it, you're just like, I don't know if I want to be with her. Or just be her mm, because she's mm-hmm. just so alluring and captivating. And I watched her actors on actors interview that she did with Emily Blunt. And she said when she was preparing for the character of Rebecca, she said, um, you know, it's, it's, she's a woman that works at a, um, she's a psychological doctor who works at a men's uh, prison. And she knows that when she walks into that space, everybody that works there is expecting her to be like, you know, just a woman, not have like, you know, be that smart. And she's like, if they want a woman, I'm going to give them the best woman they've ever seen. So she's so sexy. She's alluring. She's captivating. She's charismatic. Like 
all, everybody's eyes are on her and just drawn to her because there's just something so fascinating and um, enigmatic about her. And so I just was just amazed by her performance. And I've been wanting to see this film, I think, since it was at Sundance back in March. And so it was definitely one of my most anticipated films to see this year. And so mm-hmm. then seeing it last week in theaters, I was like, okay, yay, this is this is a great film. This is it, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Okay, number four, Bottoms, uh, which also came out over the summer, stars Rachel Snow and Io Edelberry. And I, th- they are both, have you seen it yet? Mm-mm. Okay, we are definitely sitting down and yeah, watching it because sent, it's yeah, hysterical. You sent, sent half of something, you sent like a clip or something to me and you're like, you're going to love this. And I was like, I need to watch it. And then I never did. Well, and, and so we'll watch it. And then you watched The Bear and you loved Io. I, yes. Yes. She is amazing. And Anything that she's in. I've seen something else. I can't remember what else. It was another show. She's been killing oh, it. It's the um, theater camp. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in theater camp. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. I finally yeah. watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love yes. it. Yes, yes. She's it. in theater camp too. She killed it this year. I mean, she was in yes. so many projects. Yeah. Because uh, she, she was also in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw that. I was like, how are you not exhausted? She, she's killing it. I only want the best for her. So yeah, we were we were definitely watching Bottoms. It was like one of the funniest films I saw this year. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it, and I I also just love Rachel Sinout. She's one of my favorite actresses. And I hope to work with her one day. And Charlie XCX also did all the music for uh, oh, that's Bottoms as well. Yeah. yeah, she she composed the whole film. And huh. so I think it's also great for that. Um, number five is Priscilla. I mm. thoroughly loved this one. If you like Elvis or anything related to Elvis, I think you'll like it. It's definitely interesting having Elvis, directed by Baz Luhrmann with Austin Butler last year, come out and it be such a spectacle and it be so over the top and it obviously is so center focused on who Elvis is. This one was directed by Sofia Coppola uh, and I love Sofia's films and she did it from Priscilla's perspective and it mm-hmm. really shines a light on Elvis that not many people talk about. That being Ooh. that he was like 29 when he met Priscilla and she was 14 Oh, well, that's an interesting fact. <laughs> and so one, th- one thing you always know, I will always know about Sofia Coppola's films is that she always does films about a woman, typically teenagers, who uh-huh. are at a turning point in their life. Oh, yeah. And Priscilla's is her going from just being this normal girl who is stationed in Germany because her father's in the war. And she meets one of his... Um, Elvis's friends and mm-hmm. take introduces her to Elvis and Elvis is comes captivated by her. It's also Jacob Elordi playing Elvis, so you know oh. it's also Jacob Elordi's mm-hmm. year too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I there's not so there's not much Elvis singing. He's not he wasn't going through the same like rigorous like training that Austin was to get like the vocals down. However, I still think he's a great Elvis in my in my opinion. Do not come for me, but I really just liked seeing. Honestly, just a lot of it from Priscilla's perspective because you see how much it's a loss of innocence that you're mm-hmm. seeing from mm-hmm. her. Because literally, like her senior year of high school, Elvis moves back to America and she's stuck in Germany still. And she's so in love and obsessed. I mean, you know how teenagers are. Like, she's so in love and obsessed with this guy. And she can't fathom being away from him that Elvis 
helps her move to Graceland and mm. pays for her senior year of college. I mean, a senior year of high school. I'm sorry, not college. High school. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. High school. Oh. College would have been fine. High school. High school. He, like, so she's dating Elvis, living at his house, and he's paying for her to go to this, like, all-girls Catholic school for her senior year of high school. And he's having parties in the house, doing all this stuff, while she's in high school. I want to emphasize that part. High school. They go to her high school graduation. Mm, <laughs> like, that's it is, a little weird. <laughs> it's insane. It is, oh, it was just so, it gave me creeps on Elvis a bit. Like, just watching it. And I, 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 I love women in my family love Elvis. I do like Elvis. But it just puts into perspective, like, how unhealthy their relationship definitely was. Right. Um. So... But I thoroughly loved it, and I thought the ending was also really nicely done, like how, like where it ends. I don't want to give too much away. And you get almost a sense of, like, growth from Priscilla's character, I guess, yeah. by the end of it. But those are my top five. So, but, yeah, so six is currently Eileen, and then seven is Little Mermaid, because if you didn't see Little Mermaid, did you see Little Mermaid? Oh, my gosh. You're going to kill me. <laughs> Okay, we're going to watch Little Mermaid 2. It's on Disney+. Plus. We got it. Okay, cool. I know, I know. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're we're going to watch that one, too. All right, cool. Uh, (laughs) Please don't. Please don't defriend me. It's fine. I'm just... It's fine. Um, You saw Theater Camp. I want to see it. I want to see it. I just haven't. So Halle Bailey is phenomenal. I know. I saw that movie three times as well. probably going to want to watch it like a million times after I watch it. Yeah. (laughs) I I saw it three times in theaters just because... One, I mean, Little Mermaid yeah, is Yeah, by my the favorite. time I wanted to go see it and could actually get around to it with my schedule, it wasn't in theaters anymore. And I yeah. was like, awesome. I will say, that is the perk of Luna LA is that I feel like films run longer in theaters They out do, here. yeah. They yeah. definitely don't run as long out here in yeah. the East Coast. But I did see the Eras film. <laughs> you did see Eras. You did see Theater Camp, which is number eight. I did. I did. Um, I watched that one. Me and my husband watched that one night and we loved it. And he was like, oh, you're like a theater nerd. And I was like, yeah, what did you think? I told you. Told you. He was like, how do you know all these songs? I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Shush. But he really liked it too. So. Good. Okay. And then number nine is Hunger Games, Song and Snakes, which I just mm-hmm. talked about um, Haven't watched recently. that either. <laughs> it's, it's still in theater, so you're fine. I got some um, time. <laughs> and then 10 was shockingly and i think it's going to be replaced no offense i think it's gonna be replaced at least by emma stone's new film poor things which i'm seeing mm. on sunday but uh so i can't fully say but right now number 10 is spider-man across the spider-verse which is the sequel okay. um to the cartoon version of spider-man the one that stars miles morales instead of peter parker i know fucking i didn't watch the first one I know a little bit about Spider-Man because I will say if I had to pick a favorite superhero, it probably would be Spider-Man. I mm-hmm. think he's, you know, mainly because Andrew Garfield played Spider-Man. I was going to say, I do like Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> but this one is in a, a world where Peter Parker didn't become Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Miles Morales did. And so he's like the first like black Spider-Man. Oh, and that's cool. It's all animated. And I, one, I'm not usually an animated person. Two, I'm not usually like a superhero 
film person. Mm-hmm. I went and saw this film knowing hardly nothing about it beforehand and was blown away yeah. by not only the storyline, but the animation was fascinating and captivating and just... Mm-hmm. It is just a multiverse kind of film with all these different Spider-Men in it from across the Spider-Verse. And I think it was so cool seeing how they made every single Spider-Man a different cartoon design, like a different like style. That. Yeah. A different style you could of cartoon. T- one, tell them apart, but two, like, they each had their own, like, personality to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool just to see that. And when I, again, I was just blown away by the art of it all. But, yeah, I, I definitely would say... That is probably number number 10. And I feel like for a lot of people, it was a, such a highly talked about film mm-hmm. that, of course, it would be for them too. But that is my top 10. I'm not going to go into all of them because I've seen uh, 69 new films this year. So, um, Holy cow. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm not going to go into <laughs> That's just new to me. I, total films that have came out this year in theaters or streaming, um, 35. Mm. My AMCA list stays booked and busy. It stays fully reserved. <laughs> I was going to say, man, that sounds rough. It's not rough at all. It's enjoyable. I love it. Yeah. I Well, I guess more for like, <laughs> I would be like, I feel like I, the difference between you and me is I feel like you are able to recall things after you watch them like very, very, very well. Whereas like, I know I've seen the movie, but I can't tell you anything about it. Mm, yeah, I can. There's like some movies where like I very much like it, it connects it, you know, like Mean Girls or, you know, whatever, something like that where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yes, this is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll see a movie and I'm like, yes, I know I watched it, but I can't really remember like the plot in detail. Whereas I feel like you're very good about being able to recall a lot of facts and information about films and things like that. So. Go you. Thanks. <laughs> I, I meant rough in for me. <laughs> I would not be able to have a letter board. I'd be like, um, I think I letter saw box. it. Letterbox. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Ooh, clearly I'm not a film person. <laughs> letterbox. But like, if there was like a music version of Letterbox, I mean, oh like your Spotify rap. Oh my rack. gosh. I know, I, but I want something like where I can rate it personally. I mean, yeah. I guess that is basically rating it by my like... Yeah, I mean, like, know. a list. I mean, on Letterboxd, you can make, like, a list of different, mm-hmm. like, and rank your films. I'm sure you can just do that with a playlist. Like, yeah, probably just put, so. rank your favorite songs, your favorite albums yeah, that came out for the year. that's a good we idea. Can, you know what? We can, we can listen for that next week mm-hmm. from you. You mm-hmm. can give us your okay. top favorite albums yes, of the year that came out this year. Okay, don't let me forget. I'll work on that this weekend. <laughs> okay. Do not let me forget because I will forget. I'll be like, I just shoot and pull it out of my butt. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, what is your captivation since I talked nonstop? Oh, that's okay. I was very intrigued. Um, and it gave me a list of things I need to watch and stop being such a lazy bum. Um, because let me tell, let me let me go to this because I had a thought today. I have a really hard time relaxing. Um specifically in horizontal because every time I'm horizontal, <laughs> I fall asleep. You mean lying down? Yes. When I'm, when I'm horizontal, I fall asleep. I cannot, like if I'm sitting on the couch and we're watching like a TV show or something and I like, you know how you like to slowly get into like a horizontal position, I'm out within five minutes. So what is wrong with me? 
Why am I dying? I Because I should be able to lay down on the couch and not fall asleep. Correct. At any, maybe, like, and, and this is honestly, like maybe your body's programmed to do the correct response and we're honestly, all fucked up. <laughs> I'm kind of like, hmm, what's but going on But you also go to bed at 8 o'clock. I know, but like I like if I were to let myself lay down like in the middle of the day, I probably would fall asleep. It is very odd. Anyways, that is way besides the point. My captivation is this <laughs> stupid, like, where is this going? Is this stupid Alex Earl light <laughs> that everybody <What>? on <laughs> that everybody on um, TikTok has been talking about? No, it's like a little um, uh, what is it called? Like a ring, like a ring light in a rectangle shape that you can put on your phone or your computer that people have been using to like film their TikToks or do meetings just to like light them up more. And everybody's been calling it the Alex Earl light. I guess she uses it or was like one of the first people to talk about uh-huh. it. Um, and so I got it off of Amazon and I actually really like it. And I can actually make TikToks in the dark because by the time I get home, it's dark because I typically just use like natural light from the window. And it's like very yellow in my house um and the walls are like this like odd like um beige color so if I don't have natural light it looks very like yellow and dark and so I got this to basically act as like a ring light um and I really like it and it wasn't expensive and if you like do content or if you are work from home and like have zoom meetings and your lighting's just like not great but I was thinking too for like our podcast interviews with our guests I feel like you know we always do them Later mm-hmm. on my time, so it's dark. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll just definitely, I don't have it, I'm not using it clearly tonight, but we'll just like help brighten me up so I'm not okay, so dark. You want to know what I do? Um, is what do you do? You get I, a blank I, white screen on yes, Google I, or something. I go, to, I go to Google's homepage <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I fill up my entire computer with that and then I mm-hmm. set my phone down in front of my computer and make my TikToks mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. I've not thought of that. It's free. Um, that's free. No, this was probably like, I think it was like $15. Oh, that's not bad. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool little gadget. Uh, and I, I've used it like more times than I actually, I probably have used it. It's worth at this point. Um, oh, okay. so that's encouraging, but yeah, literally anytime I like come up with an idea and it's like dark, I'm like, shit, this looks like shit. I'm going to post it anyway, but it looks like shit. <laughs> See, so, it's never the lighting that I have an issue with. It's um, I look like I haven't bathed in like a week, um, oh and so even though I have, it's just like you know I'm I look like a mess. So um, oh, I'm just I was not like, wait, gonna, what? You, you don't look dirty I, in your videos. What are you talking about? <laughs> if I have no makeup on, I like I don't have my hair done. My hair's like a mess, and mm-hmm. like that's fair. I, that's I, just, fair. I like I haven't slept in like ages, so mm-hmm. I just like mm-hmm. don't like posting my videos all the time, and I don't like the filters because they just look so fake, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just oh, wait. I put a filter on mine. I do the p- pretty basic one all the time because I like the look, eyelashes. Some of them don't look good on me, and like they that's look. fair. That's and fair. so, like, I'm just like, I'll just wait till I have makeup on, and then I forget mm-hmm. to make it. Mm-hmm. And really, I should just stop caring. Oh yeah, I saw someone talk about how like millennials are so obsessed with making their content look perfect when Gen Z's just like, hey, what up? <laughs> and they're like towels on their head and like crazy stuff. We were stuff. bullied online. We were. I know. They're. I'm like, they don't understand. It's like the trauma. They we weren't went around through. for okay. Form Spring. That's okay. what I was about to say. They weren't around for that stupid. They we were around for Form Spring. <laughs> There Did was like an ask, ask me, ask FM, ask something. Yeah, ask, oh my ask gosh. FM, ask spring, FM, form Tumblr, spring. anonymous. Yeah, it was um, bad. That we we really went through it with social media. Yeah. So yes, we want our we want our content to be nice. Okay, we yeah. want people to love us. That's all we're looking for. We're just looking for validation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Give us a fucking break, okay? 
<sighs> I digress. But what is your captivation? So here's the thing. And I feel like I said this with Olivia Rodrigo, too. I did. I said it to her fucking face. Um, but if I ever meet <laughs> Fletcher, I'm going to also say it to her fucking face. Uh, I feel like Fletcher and I have a very... We must have, like, an invisible string connecting our minds or something because that girl is always dropping songs that really accurately relate to my life. It's, like, so specific. At the time it comes down. I'm, like, it's so specific. I'm, like, this is getting weird. Mm-hmm. Like, are you mm-hmm. – how dare – Carly, how dare you? <laughs> she's how listening. dare you? <laughs> um, Carly Fletcher, how dare you? How dare you songs? go to the Eras tour and do this to us? <laughs> how dare you write songs about my life without, without my, my permission? <laughs> Oh my god! At least I know I'm not alone, though. I guess that's what I was gonna say. Like, at least you know you have a partner who's like going through that. Hers are about about a woman, though, which sounds infinitely worse and harder. Um, Sounds rough. Women are mean. I'm scared of them. I could not imagine going through a breakup. Like, if I took my breakup, but it was like a woman instead of a man, I I would already walk into traffic. Like, I don't see how she's still doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I feel for her. She's not alone. She is my sister and all of this. I get sister her. Sister pain. All that to say, Eras of Us, a bop. Mm-hmm. A bop. It's a good thing my Spotify wrapped's already done and out because I think it came out today. Today, yeah. The 8th. And I think I've already listened to it about 50 times, like, in a row. Like, it was just... It's, like, one of those songs where I'm just going to have it on repeat until I'm sick and tired of it. (laughs) I know. Like, Fletcher never misses. Like, everything that is put out, I'm like, yes. Yes. And, like, this one's such a bop. Like, it's so so catchy. It's so... I also want the fur coat. I also want the fur coat she's wearing in the music video. Uh, Get it. Yeah, because I can afford a fur coat shirt. Yeah. She's uh, your invis- invisible string connection to be like, can I borrow that? Be like, Carly, girl. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, um, that fur coat. <laughs> would love to be her friend IRL, though. Would love yeah. to be her friend in real life. So, mm-hmm. um, Carly, let's just, just like hit a girl up. <laughs> hit a girl up if you ever want to be buds. Um, but yeah, no. I, I love Fletcher's music. She is like one of my favorite artists. So, I highly recommend. If you like her music or if you just like are going through like a hard breakup or, or like you missing your ex, go listen to Eras of Us. Um, that's all mm-hmm. I'll say with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we are going to get into today's episode. But before we do that, we're going to uh, do a couple ad readings. But today we're talking about, uh, you know, just wanting more respect in a relationship and, you know, just not tolerating people putting you on the back burner. So we're going to get into today's episode right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So today's episode, I had the idea for it after I saw 
I saw a sign somewhere and I don't remember it verbatim, but it said something like prizes don't beg to be trophies. Mm. Meaning mm-hmm. like, like how I interpret it is like, if you are a prize, which you are, you shouldn't be begging to be on someone's trophy shelf. You shouldn't be begging for somebody to like see you as a trophy or see you like as a prize, like they should just know, like it's like begging for someone just to treat you like with some common decency and respect and loyalty and love and just refusing to be placed on the back burner, which I think we have said multiple times, like on this mm-hmm. like podcast is don't be a back burner bitch. Yeah. <laughs> BBB. <laughs> BBB no longer stands for the better business bureau. It is back burner bitch. bitch. <laughs> but do you ever use your back burner on your stove? Um, Yes, because, like, aren't they different sizes? I mean, like, yeah, but I don't it? ever fucking use the back burner. Oh, Because I'm a nice... I don't put my pots and pans on oh. the back burner. Sometimes I'm, like, cooking, like, three different things, and they're... Oh, <laughs> I damn, I didn't know you are fucking Betty Crocker up in here. <laughs> fucking Betty Crocker. <laughs> all right, Got Martha three Stewart. pots going. Need, need to use them all. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Martha Stewart, and mm. did not know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know if I love that comparison. <laughs> Martha, hey, she's Martha, a, Martha's doing all right, but she she wasn't a long time ago. <laughs> hey, hey, she. You know what? She got street cred now. It's all good. I know my dad met her. <laughs> oh my god! What? Yeah, long story. <laughs> we're we're getting so far off topic already. Uh, anyways, uh, circling back to <laughs> back burner bitches, <laughs> which Martha Stewart is not one. <laughs> Sorry, Martha, if you're listening. <laughs> but okay, so basically, I think what I'm saying this is. If you're always, like, if you're never sure, like, where you stand, I think, with someone and, you know, they make sure to text you and call you throughout the month, but it's just, like, they're not texting you on a daily basis. If you're just constantly, like, questioning, like, is this more than a friendship? Is this actually a relationship? I think oftentimes either you're in that talking stage for a very long time and people will just take advantage of you if you are not, like, demanding, like, your needs and you're not demanding, like, that you solidify this as a relationship. And it often comes from people who are, you know, the very anxiously attached dating somebody who's avoidant. I know that cycle very well. <laughs> but it is so similar to that. Or I think even, too, I have noticed a lot of people who have gotten into relationships very suddenly. Mm. Yes. And then, and they're getting into relationships before they've even had very important conversations that need to be had. And I think that one thing when I was in that kind of scenario, I wish I would have asked the person I was seeing what a relationship constitutes to them versus me. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they see a relationship as? Because you're really just trying to see if your goals are aligned. That's really all it is. You would do it with any business partner. You would do it with at work to see like if you guys are like aligned on the same things if you know you're looking at relationship as like a project in a way you want to make sure that your end goals are the same and yeah. it just saves you from wasting time it saves you from wasting people's feelings and i often wish that i would have asked people you know what does a relationship look like to you because my needs may be a lot higher than what you're willing to give or you know maybe i'm you're you're thinking that i'm going to be wanting x y and z when really i just want x and and like you're or like that person's already giving you what you want from a relationship to make sure yeah and it's just like like, just just, it's just like i want that like security and knowing that like i'm the only one and you're committed to me and this is we're not just like doing this for you know 
Yeah. Like, like we like you see a future. You see a future yes. with me. Yeah. And that there we have that label on it so that we like there's that exclusivity. And you know, you have those guys, especially out here in fucking LA, that are like, <laughs> Oh why do we need a label if we both know we're exclusive? And I'm like, Because we live in a society, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> we live in a society, people have labels. It's twenty twenty Three. About to be 2020 fucking four. Okay? Mm-hmm. People have labels. People say boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, in a relationship, single. Just, we're just hanging out. That's not a fucking thing. I don't, I'm 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. I don't got time for that. And I've gotten, to, thankfully, to the point in my life where I am not entertaining anybody unless they can provide peace in my life because I am so comfortable being alone that you have to make being with you sound more tempting than being by myself. Mm-hmm. And I like <laughs> do whatever being by I myself. want to do whenever I want to do and not having I to also really think like, about someone else. Yeah, I really <laughs> like being alone. You have to make me want to not want to be alone. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, 1000 You have to make hanging out with you sound more appealing than hanging out with by myself. And I'm an only child. Good luck with that. Good luck. <laughs> so, I mean, that's honestly why I never really had long-lasting relationships, I think, a lot, too, you know, before the catastrophe of my, like, hoe era where I was, like, dating, like, you know, after the doctor, dating the musician, then dating the actor, then dating John Mayer, then dating, like, all these other people. Right. And, again, clarification, not actually John Mayer. <laughs> I would. I forget there's new people that are listening to this. They're like, John, we're going to just slide past John Mayer. How did we? (laughs) But anyways, I I digress. Uh, I am now to the point where I am just so comfortable with being alone that I'm back to like square one, really, Mm -hmm. in a good way. Like I'm Mm -hmm. back to where I was before that whole mental breakdown of men happened Mm -hmm. to where I am just, you don't. I don't want anyone to disturb my peace. And if you do, you better be fucking a delight. Mm-hmm. You better just yeah. bring me more peace in a way. And I I think a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I could have that comfortability. But they're terrified to be alone. I, I And especially I feel like when you're in your mid, early to mid-20s, you're going to have that insecurity of like, being afraid of being alone because you think that you're going to always be alone. And then I feel like when I got to 30, I was like, you know what? Being alone's not that bad. The only thing is single people aren't treated well. in my opinion, like we don't get parties like married people do. We don't get, and I think a lot of people sometimes think that single people will just go along with a lot of stuff. Like they're fine with just sleeping on the couch instead of having a guest room, like on a trip because mm. they're, the, they're, they're alone. Like they don't need a, they don't need a whole bet to themselves. I still have like needs. I still am a human being. I still mm-hmm. like things. Yeah. I don't always like being a third wheel. I don't yeah. always like, um, you know, just because I'm alone doesn't mean that I want to attend a wedding alone or something, you know? Right. I, right. And I don't get bait. I don't get, wedding bridal showers i don't get uh a party to celebrate me unless it's my birthday and you know people when you as you get older people are like oh like we're really gonna have like a huge party for your birthday well i'm alone i'm single and so Mm -hmm. yes yes we are because i want to celebrate me because 
I, I just feel like I deserve it. And I think there's a lot of people, like especially women, like in their mid to early 20s that are terrified of that. That seems scary to them. And so you're more complacent with being treated poorly and not yeah. getting the respect that you want and settling for these mediocre relationships mm-hmm. that are beneath you in a way. And I think it takes a long time for you to see yourself the way your friends do. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. I know for for me, for you, my other friends, I think that they are just more people in their early to mid twenties, I think they're just more complacent with being treated disre- like and with such disrespect sometimes. And th- there are always outliers that are totally secure in themselves oh, yeah. and totally fine. I'm not, t- this is not the episode for you. <laughs> Tune in next week or listen to <laughs> one of our other 200 podcasts. Like this is for those who are not like that. They're, they are more insecure. They're more anxiously attached and they at the end of the day, just want to feel wanted. And I mm-hmm. think you have a whole song about it. <laughs> I do. I really do. It's called Everyone, Wanted. You should go wanted. listen to it. <laughs> go stream Wanted by Hannah Adams it's on Spotify. Fool me once, fool me twice. Maybe I'll learn the third time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, so being a backburner is being someone's backup plan. And yeah. it, it is people that you see romantically or sexually and that you're interested in who you're not currently involved with and whom you keep in contact with just impossibility that someday you might reconnect romantically or sexually and people have back burners even if they're already in a romantic relationship with someone else also mm. a former romantic or sexual partner can still count as a back burner so long as we still desire a romantic or sexual connection with them that is like the dictionary definition of it and you can attest to this. I had a friend recently. I'm not going to say what her name is, but she was uh, in a relationship and recently they asked for a break. And we, that I was kind of what sparked this episode. And I, I told them, I was like, you know, I, you're talking to somebody who doesn't believe in breaks. Um, you should really talk to Hannah because, <laughs> I mean, in your previous relationship, you took numerous breaks I did and I should have known and we were going to break up and don't if somebody wants to take a break with you they don't want to be with you the end but then the re yeah and they'll say but also the reason too you I feel like in the back of your head you also didn't want to lose them but you also didn't want to be with them right like I knew (laughs) this is gonna sound bad but I knew that like you know shit hit the fan I didn't find someone else I had somebody it was like a like a comfort person yeah which is it's a really shitty plan. thing to say, but... You were young. It's okay. <laughs> was I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> um, you were in college. Mm-hmm, Don't... <laughs> mm-hmm. But also, like, he's the one that kept coming back. So, I mean, like, yeah. accepting me coming back. So, like, part, like, partly my fault, partly his fault. You're not on trial. It's okay. I know. <laughs> I feel like I have to defend my my it's interesting okay. behaviors. You're not. But yeah, no. Um, if somebody asks you to take a break with them, they don't want to be with you. They want to see other people, and you're not it. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to hurt you. And I think I think that's what my having from. Yeah, I was like that giving friendship. him a false sense of hope because I felt bad about it. And then I was like, I just gotta do this. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's that guilt that's in your life, and you think that if you have a break or if you're just if you stay friends, it's gonna iron out that guilt perfectly, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna have to suffer any repercussions of it. 
And I always cackle anytime I've gone through a breakup and the guy's like, I still want to be friends. This happened no. recently with the writer, with the writer when back in like a couple of years ago, he wanted to stay friends. And I was like, no, you have to understand that the consequence of your decision is that maybe I don't want you in my life anymore. You mm-hmm. have to settle. You have to like reconcile and mm-hmm. deal with that mm-hmm. because you don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Maybe I don't want you in my life anymore. Yeah. And, and you if I do, with that. it's not going to be right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need no. some time. Okay. Also, like, <laughs> honestly, we weren't friends before. Yes. We're not going to be friends after. I don't need any new friends, especially men. I don't need friends that are men. <laughs> like, I'm good. True. I don't have, I think I have like two. I have too many. <laughs> two or three. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm also good. <laughs> like, I... I, there's just no point. And even if we were friends before, if I'm breaking up with you, it's probably because I don't like you. Um, and yes. I, because if I did, I would try to make it work in every possible way. If I didn't like you as a person, I would try to make it work in any possible way. That's just how I am. But I think people who string you along, it's almost like breadcrumbing in a way. They mm. give you just mm-hmm. the littlest amount to satisfy you, to satiate that hunger, but they're never, you're never fully satisfied. And you leave every interaction just wanting more, whether that is a text, a call, a date, just a hookup, whatever it is. They're giving you just enough attention, compliments, gifts, whatever it is to keep you there, to keep you entertained so that you will always stay warm on the back burner and it'll mm. never be completely shut off. Um, but it's not enough to fully light a fire underneath you and bring you to the front burner. I'm trying to make an analogy here, people. I okay. I'm falling. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I'm a gas I like stove. A like I'm trying to. <laughs> well, and I think we've seen like, I mean, I know personally I have, but we've seen it time and time again, like, you're in these relationships with people that do put you on the back burner and they don't give you the things and they won't commit to you. And then you guys end and then they are committed to somebody and in a relationship after they've been together with a new person for like three months or they're engaged after a year, you know, something crazy. Like we've all been, well, I'm speaking generally, but like, I feel like a lot of us have been there where we like, aren't the person, like we want so badly for them to commit to us and to give us this one thing that, that really they're already giving us, but they just won't like verbally say it and then we watch it happen in their literal next relationship it's like that thing that you always tell us like the taxi light or you know that analogy and Mm so i'm just like if it just like like you said like why are we begging for somebody to give us what we deserve in a relationship i I don't know if it's just the like fear of being alone or the fear of like not finding better but i feel like there's always also better maybe than somebody it's not also, giving you what you want. <laughs> it also could be stemmed from like your childhood too, with mm-hmm. going back to attachment styles or of, relationships that you looked up to. Like, it, yeah. like not everyone yeah. has the perfect it, marital relationship to look up to. So, well, did you have to beg your parents for attention mm-hmm. as a child? Like, did you have to mm-hmm. earn their love by like getting good grades or doing well mm-hmm. in school or something in order to like receive affection or like? it was acting out the only way that you got affection or yeah. was like, you know, doing, not doing something bad, but just like, 
you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, like, like yeah, acting out. yeah, like, honestly, yeah. like doing like doing something bad got attention, whether it was positive or negative, and so you don't really know what just like good attention is. So you, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. attention is good attention. So mm-hmm. I think I there's a lot think, of possibilities of why. I used to think that honestly, an ex of mine was in a new relationship and they were still trying to hit me up and talk to me while they're in the new relationship. And part of me was like, oh, like they're still not over me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel sorry for her, which is like so toxic. Like, I feel sorry like for her because like he still like has feelings for me. No, he just wants to make sure if this f- ends badly that you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, no, that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he's not treating either one of these girls well. But I also think that, like, sometimes, like, I, I I don't know if I could have said, like, back in the day if I would have even, even known, like, what to k- kind of look for to know that somebody was, you know, like, something like something as simple as that. Like, me, I would think I would take it selfishly instead of recognizing, like, oh, he just wants to make sure I'm going to respond to his text when he texts me in the future. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. like, like, I would have looked at, like, oh, he still he still thinks about me. When in reality, I should have been like, wait, what? <laughs> no, he's just taking advantage of it. What are, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. He knows that you're going to answer. He knows that you're going to be there. He's taking advantage of it. And the only way to get that thrown off is to throw him off and to stop responding. And I think also just how you would just tackle if you feel like you're on the back burner is just being honest about your boundaries and openly communicating what you want and what you need. And if they are not meeting it with a positive response and then following through on with the actions that uh, equal those boundaries. Like they can say, yeah, sure. Like I'm, that's good with me, but then not do anything to actually put forth any effort of action. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. And I know it's so easy to sit there and like tell somebody like all of this and like text them or like have a conversation with them and just um, say all of this. But you have to hold, like, if someone crosses that boundary, you have to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And if somebody decides to stop just giving any effort into it, you have to just be like, okay, you know what? I'm done. Like, you're not doing what I said. This is what I wanted. I expressed my needs. I expressed my boundaries. I did all that. You're not willing to either give me that or... Um, take away from that or just like respect any of the boundaries or things that I've said, I'm choosing to leave. And you have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, it's going to be better for you. It's going to feel so much better because if you think that you're being disrespected and then you go and just completely ignore like the disrespect and you don't call the person out on it, you're just giving them the okay to keep treating you that way unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people like takers are only going to keep taking until mm-hmm. you say no. And if people get upset with your boundaries, it's because they were already benefiting from you not having them in the first place. Ooh, that's a really good point. So, I've not thought about that. <laughs> yeah. If someone gets upset with you because you set a boundary, it's because they were benefiting from not having them. Mhm. Yeah, and it was it was helping them out. Didn't ben- matter what was happening yeah. to you. Yeah. Mm. And if someone's interested, point blank, if someone's interested in developing a relationship with you, they will find the time to communicate. They will find the time to listen and hear you out no matter how busy they get. It does not matter. It does not matter how busy someone's day is. 
If you are important to them, they will make the time. Mm -hmm. They will figure it out. If you are important, I'm going to say that again. If you are important to somebody and you express your needs and you express a want to communicate, they will make the time. It does not matter how busy they are. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. If it's important to you, are you going to find the time? Most likely. You're going to try and make time for this person. If they feel the same way, they're going to do it as, as well, no matter how busy they get. So if they aren't giving you the time of day and you don't like how it feels, it's completely fair and right to just move on. If they're not setting aside a time and making solid plans with you, like I love a man who makes a reservation, especially here in LA, because some places they make you like put a debit card down if you cancel within 24 hours. Mm. Um, it's like a $25 charge per person. Nice. And so yeah. um, I love making, I'm like, oh, let's go there <laughs> because then you can't cancel or else you're going to get charged. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the backburner relationship, uh, it's most people are going to resist making solid plans. They might say that they aren't sure of their schedule, but in reality, they're just stalling and as they wait to hear back from other people first. And I think also, and some friends can do this. Um, I've done this before. Where <laughs> you say, um, oh, Haley, let's go like to dinner this night, this night, this night. Like, maybe I'll let you know. That's a no. I've done that recently, though, where I'm like, let me talk to you. Like, um, I had a friend who lives like 40-ish minutes away and her and her husband and me and my husband want to get together. And so she was like, does this work? And I was like, let me ask my husband and look at our schedule and I'll let you know. And I responded today and I was like, we can come, we can come. So I'm getting better at my maybes because I am genuinely following through and and making the plan if it works or if not trying to reschedule. Saying you're going to look at your schedule and all of that, I think for friends, it's different than saying, maybe I'll let you know. Because with Hannah, that's a no. Maybe I'll let you know is like, I'm not interested enough to even go ahead and figure out. Or like you said, it's like, maybe I'll let you know and they're just waiting around for something better to come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also people who make spontaneous plans. I mean, there's one thing you can have spontaneous plans. I'm not saying that is spontaneous dead and you can't do that anymore. That is totally fine. I like some spo- spontaneous dates. Those are fun. <laughs> yes. I'm talking about the beginning stages that are trying to get to know you still and everything. No, no. And like you're wanting to like a, your first date should not be a spontaneous date. Like it should be planned. I agree and with that, yeah. Yeah. It's just best to consider, I think, what you want. It can be exciting to finally hear from the person you're, you're interested in, but if the level, level of attention you're getting is not adequate, it's, I think, okay for you to just kind of put them on the fucking back burner. Mm-hmm. And, or, or don't do that. Just, like, actually end the relationship. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, I was about to be like, give them a taste of their medicine. And I'm like, think, wait, we're a little too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I, and I think also the final like identifying sign is when it only fits with their schedule. Oh my god, I hate people like that. I'm like, that's so selfish. Like I get it that you're busy, but I'm busy too. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with you or go on a date with you or if see it's you. literally only on your schedule always, and you only don't ever accommodate free. me. Like it's, yeah. it's balance. It's balance. Like we we you know you can you can you're not fucking Britney Spears or Selena Gomez. You can move shit around. You can reschedule. Oh, one thousand percent. I reschedule stuff all the time so I can make things work. And you know, unless it it's Taylor it Swift, like you know, sometimes you know, if ta- I'm mean Taylor I, Swift, I'm not I'm not canceling anything for Taylor Swift. I, I'm oh, going. I'm, I'm I'm tailoring my 
fucking plans to meet Taylor. One thousand like, percent. Sorry, her y'all. Su- her stuff is so tailored that you have to <laughs> tailor to you Taylor. Have to tailor to Taylor. Um. <laughs> so, but like for my other friends, like if I haven't seen a friend in a while, or if I have, you know, I will make time. Yeah. to um see them however if i'm dating somebody and this person and like in the beginning stages of a relationship i'm talking mm-hmm. if i have set plans with my friend i'm not, not gonna, gonna cancel mm-hmm. i'm not gonna cancel mm-hmm. my friend to hang out with this guy because this girl was probably my friend was here before this guy will and probably will be here still after this guy so right. no i'm not no gonna i can't do thursday but i can do friday or saturday <laughs> yes and then we go from there um mm-hmm. and i think i honestly think that a lot of people do respect that though when you are not like, you don't cancel on previous friends' plans to hang out, like, for a date. But the important thing is that you say, like, when you are free, though. Yes, Instead of yes. just um, saying you're busy that day. Mm-hmm. Because it shows if you that do that, then effort. I was going to say, if you just say, like, I'm busy that day, it kind of, like, closes out that conversation of trying to reschedule. I feel like yeah. it's, if you give options, it's a little bit easier to, to say, like, I'm still interested in this. Yes. Um, and it still shows that you, yeah, exactly, that you're still interested in it for sure. But I think, you know, while I think if you were just waiting around to see, like, if you are a back burner, if you, are, if this person's even worth pursuing a relationship with, I think it's first important for you to take inventory if you're happy in it. Like you said, when you were debating, like, going on breaks or whatnot with your ex, like, if you really were interested in being with that. And while the relationship may eventually progress to where you'd like it to be, it isn't necessary for you to wait around for someone to make a decision or for someone mm-hmm. to respect you. Um, that should be something that you're given at the beginning is respect. You shouldn't have to ask for someone to do it. That's why when people ask me, like, what are things I look for in a relationship? I don't ever – and I think Victoria, when we had her on, she's the one who even said that. I don't oh, yeah. say that respect is one of the things I'm looking for in a relationship because that's a given. You should already give me respect and loyalty. Exactly. Yes. Um, that's a bare minimum, and that's not what we're asking around for. But express what you're looking for and be honest about your feelings. But if they don't make any changes or accommodate to you or respect your boundaries or show any signs of prioritizing you, I think that it's it's best for you to move on and to take yourself off the back burner and to just go to the oven. I don't know how to continue that analogy. <laughs> go to the front burner. <laughs> You get what I'm saying. Yes, I do. We're not back burner bitch peoples. We are the front right burner. That is the best burner. I will agree with that statement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Say
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.